right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Straight Talking English Season 4. I think we're on episode 4. I have lost count. January is like the longest month. Though this is dropping in February, the week before Valentine's Day, so I'm going to tell you the very, very, very depressing story of Lord Byron getting dumped. Or is it? Because it's kind of hilarious. I am your host, Catherine, SDR8 Talk English on Twitter, straighttalkenglish.com, Amazon, the full context for all my books, and YouTube, Straight Talking English for my vidgers, and oh my gosh, I do loads of other things, Patreon, Straight Talking English, please, 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 if you like what I do, donate to the show you can donate for as little as pound a month top tier subscribers can get an episode or an essay or both for their generosity please don't get me to do anything weird but i will happily jump into this if you haven't yet checked out my bonus content for February, I think you should because it's blooming good and i've spoken to some very interesting people let's check out my bonus episodes right Let's get on with Lord Byron, shall we? Now, Byron is one of those amazingly fantastic characters that you do not get in celebrity nowadays. Like, I mean, you go on, like, Celebrity News, and I'm, I'm on the Daily, Daily Fail website. Like, celebrity, like, highlights. Someone has had a baby. Uh, dancing on ice. Someone has a black eye. The masked siller, singer. Wow, amazing. No, 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 no. Byron is next level. So things to know about Byron. He is incredibly self-conscious about his body. Byron has a club, had a club foot, which now we could fix with surgery if the person wanted to. It didn't impede his mobility that much. But he was very, very, very self-conscious conscious about it he was also very 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 bisexual uh some biographers have referred to him as rampantly bisexual which is one of my favorite descriptions of anything ever he went on holiday all over he went to greece really really loved greece as a young man had lots and lots of holiday flings he had a fling at high school and the guy gave him a ring he wore to his very death but he also came with it this sense of shame. He was a conflicted man. He was very, 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 very handsome, which is important to this story. And if you look at pictures, it doesn't really uh, translate that well. But he was allegedly this really handsome man. And he wasn't really used to people saying no to relationships with him. But he did have this sense of shame where I am a public figure and people can't know that I like boys. He was a public figure because, as you can guess, we're calling him Byron, Lord Byron. He was a member of the aristocracy. He was, in fact, a lord. He was entitled to sit in the House of Lords. And he actually gave one speech in favour of giving factory workers slightly better conditions. And it weren't really poetic and then he never did another one. But he was born plain old George Gordon until a distant relative died and he became the sixth Lord Byron. He inherited the fabulous country home of Newstead in Nottinghamshire, which, as a hilarious moment, is literally the closest place 
to the school I did my teacher training at. So every morning for a year, I went past Byron's house. And he owned this fabulous estate. He was a popular poet. Some of his verse was deemed to be a little bit scandalous because he discussed matters such as male and female desire for each other, kissing, looking at each other, and being quite open about all manner of things when he was writing a poem. That was seen as already quite scandalous. At the point where he gets involved in the events which lead up to when we departed in silence and tears. He was 25. He was on the cusp of being this ultra, ultra, ultra superstar. But he hadn't quite made it there yet. Think a band whose first album did pretty well. But the second album was the one that went massive. So he's kind of there. He's just about to be famous. Some people think the poem is written about one of his exes, Lady Caroline Lamb, who literally was a stalker and, like, would show up in his house after he ditched her. And, like, her thing was that she'd dress up as a soldier. Like, um, yeah, she put her hair up and, like, dressed up as a soldier to sneak in because apparently he liked it. All right, all right, content warning, because this is a bit gross. Uh, she sent him a letter with her pubic hair in it and was like, can I have some of yours, please? And he was like, no! She told her family she was going to elope with Byron and she showed up at Byron's house and was like, I'm going to elope with you. And he was like, oh God, oh God. So he sent a secret message to her family, like, can you pick her up in like an hour? This is where we're going to be. And then was like, okay, let's go to this nice restaurant first. And then shipped her back. But it's not Caroline Lamb. He's had some near misses in his love life. He seems to go for the most scandalous people he can. Bless Byron. I quite like him, to be honest. But one day, and I promise I'm getting to it, one day, he sees across a snooker table the woman of his dreams. Her name is Lady Frances Wedderburn. And... I'm looking at a portrait of her. She looks she looks very lovely. In her portrait, she's holding a book. She has a very long neck and very pale skin. And she looks like someone I would like to have a cup of coffee with. Probably has good opinions. But no, for Byron, she is the one. However, she's a little bit married to one of Byron's best mates. He is, in fact, godfather of their child. But... Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Lady Frances is the one for him. And they start sending each other flirtatious letters and passing little notes back to each other whenever they met each other at parties. Think kind of Georgian equivalent of sexting combined with like, kids passing notes at the back of year seven last period english on a monday and then things get a little uh a little commitmenty 
they send each other uh, promise rings. But nothing has happened between them at this point. It's all kind of very uh, cerebral, cerebral flirting. And Byron is not really famous for his monogamy. So he was probably seeing other people, but whatever. And after all of this, Byron comes out with, you need to leave your husband and be with me. And she's like, okay, we'll make it happen. As I mentioned, Byron is very handsome and apparently very persuasive. So they all decide to go up to Newstead for a lovely country weekend. Lady Frances, Lord Byron and the husband. I like how he missed this. I mean, I, if I was him, I would not have let my wife be alone with Byron. He had a reputation. Lord Byron and Lady Frances sneak off together and they go to it's called the monk's chapel but it's kind of like a twee little chapel-y amusing place on the property and it comes to the crunch they kiss and he says so are you gonna dump your husband and be with me and she goes i've had second thoughts i'm married I'm staying with my husband. Okay, okay, like, I can't really blame her for that because she is married and she's coming to the crunch, it's coming to crunch time and she decides no. And that's probably quite a sensible suggestion. They'd spoken about her leaving her husband but there was no vows, as he puts it. There was none of that. She said, no, thank you. No, thank you. He believed it was the single worst thing ever. And she was the the one. She was the most perfect woman in the world ever. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Can you, can you see why I'm a bit cynical about this? But anyway, she's the most perfect woman in the world ever. And again, quite sensibly... She says, um, we need some space away from each other. Right, okay. So she disappears from view for a little bit. Byron's doing his thing. And then a few months later, she comes back into his social circle. And he's at parties where Lady Frances is. He decides to write this poem which is when we two parted when we two parted in silence and tears half broken hearted to sever for years pale grew thy cheek and cold colder thy kiss truly that hour foretold sorrow to this the dew of the morning sank chill on my brow it felt like the warning of what i feel now thy vows are all broken and light is thy fame I hear thy name spoken, and share in its shame. They name thee before me, a knell in mine ear. I should have come o'er me, why wert thou so dear? They know not I knew thee, who knew thee too well. Long, long shall I rue thee, too deeply to tell. In secret we met, in silence I grieve, that thy heart could forget, thy spirit deceive. If I should meet thee, 
after long years, how should I greet thee with silence and tears? But, dear reader, dear listener, reader, I married him, as nobody said to Byron at that point. How do I know all this? I know this because Byron wrote an extra verse which he later cut out in which he names names. Then fare thee well, Fanny, now doubly undone, to prove false unto many as faithless to one. Thou art past all recalling, even would I recall. For the woman once falling, forever must fall. All right. How petty is that? I mean, like, nobody likes running into their ex. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but when I have a habit of seeing my ex-boyfriend when I'm out in his specific suburb of London, I keep having to jump down alleyways. I did nothing wrong, I just don't want to talk to him and I'm more happy jumping down an alleyway. Point out again, Lady Frances has done nothing wrong. She has just been going to parties. Byron, in an absolute hissy fit, writes this melodramatic verse. Because Byron has problems believing that anyone would not be in love with him. However, despite my judgement of him as a bit of a drama king, he's had this outsider status forever. Partly because of hiding his sexuality, partly because of hiding his disability, partly because even though he is aristocracy, he doesn't fit the rules of aristocracy. He's never fully included in the aristocratic life. Partly because he's just, just go through one of a kind, he's a unique person. But also because he wasn't brought up in an aristocratic manner. He's always had this kind of fear of being alone. And if we're being sympathetic to him, he is confronting it here. It's it's uncomfortable. I don't have a lot of sympathy for him after researching this. But if we've all felt a bit like an outsider at some point. And even though he's 25, he's still relatively young he's built up his expectations and had his heart broken which I'm fairly sure many if not most of you listening will have felt at some point where you've built up an image of a person and then it's been thrown away it's a bit sad for poor old Byron but yeah unfortunately for old Byron it's gonna get worse. He marries this girl who he, he's known they've been sending letters back and forth. He marries her allegedly on the rebound from Lady Frances and it's the worst mistake he could have done. He hated her and just hated everything and was drinking and taking drugs and was absolutely vile. They had a daughter together who would grow up to be Ada Ada Lovelace, the famous pioneer of computers. But 
since he was so absolutely vile to his wife, she left and divorced him. It created a huge, huge scandal because as part of the divorce, she had to detail um, the quote-unquote abuses committed against her, one of which including confessing his liaisons with men. When that news broke, there was no way his reputation would be able to deal with it. So he said goodbye to jolly old England and spent the rest of his life kind of being a celebrity exile around Italy. He was in Genoa for quite a bit, Venice, it was all over really. He made best friends with Percy Shelley, who I'm going to talk about in a future episode. And there's a very famous picture of Shelley's funeral in which the uh, very, very gallantly dressed Byron is at one side. He was kind of living this weird, excessive lifestyle of an aristocrat because he had good money coming in with his poetry he got a girlfriend he was with for four years also married and he does like the unobtainable ones because he had this affinity to greece in his youth when he was approached about helping the cause of greek independence during um the war with turkey he was like awesome i'm there and despite not really knowing anything about warfare, he decided to show up and promptly died of a fever uh, that he caught. Awkward. <laughs> His body was sent home for burial. Uh, most of it, I believe, is buried in Newstead, but it may potentially be his heart, which is buried in Westminster Abbey. I love the story so much because it's so petulant and this like if we say a byronic figure we're talking about um this romantic ideal of the one man standing lone upon the shore thinking deep poetic thoughts there's like a million paintings or something like that. I'm absolutely sure that you can find one. But Byron was creating his own PR. Later, figures would be called Byronic, like, like Byron. But he was good at presenting himself. He knew he was handsome. And it was part of his image is people would want to buy and read poems from a handsome celebrity who says witty one-liners and presents himself as one man against the world. So that's the image he cultivated. This poem is a great exercise in PR. One man, heartbroken, lying on the floor. Like, so, when we two parted in silence and tears. Yeah, it's great PR. Yeah, it's brilliant. But once you know the story, it reads a little bit like like a teenager like the year seven in a tutor group i had who refused to go into registration because he had to save his relationship he was 12 and i was like come back in come back in because if the head teacher sees you you're going to be in big trouble just come in come in come in he's like no my heart is broken 
I'm like, oh my god, it's going to be even more broken if your dad gets called up to school. That's this, this mixture of PR and adolescence that goes together to make our dear Byron. All the references to stones and stuff like that is Newstead. All the references to the landscape is Newstead. All the references to, like, they see us together, blah, blah, blah. That's the parties that he's seeing Lady Frances at. And there you go. Semi-autobiographical, a little bit of a shorter episode for you. Today, because uh, we know actually what the story is. There isn't a lot of speculation there. Byron got dumped. He should have gone for someone who was single. (laughs) Basic. This is my dating tips. Today is apparently dating tips and poetry. Right, next week, I'm going to tell you, because it's Valentine's Day. We have a little bit of a special coming up for you. I'm going to tell you about... I'm going to tell you about Sonnet 28 by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. And her deep love for Robert Browning. And I'm going to tell you the love story of how the Brownings got together. And honestly, it is so adorable. I can't even. So next week... Romantic brownings. Make sure you don't miss out my bonus content. Oh my god, it's actually been really interesting meeting all these people. So keep your eyes peeled. Right, SDR Talk English on Twitter, straighttalkingenglish.com, YouTube, Straight Talking English, Amazon, the full context, Patreon, if you enjoyed my story of Byron getting dumped then please, please, please support the show. Stay tuned for The Brownings in Love, followed by a little bit more of an explanation of Browning. I have actually worked out a show order for this season because I'm so awesome. Right. Thank you very much, ladies and gents. I will speak to you next week.